repetitive groundhog day um so instead tell me about yours what's your oh you've been up to gosh, i want to come up with something amazing now but i haven't got anything okay so i have um been to the doctors woohoo it was an exciting <laughs> outing i got to wear a mask and i got to have my jab not the jab that everybody wants mine is just a boring vitamin b12 jab but it's like magic because i've got a deficiency um i have worked with a high profile client this week in my parenting advice service, but I can't say who. Well, that's not fair. I know. It's now not, I'm on tenterhooks. Enticing the listener in now. Mm, celebs. <laughs> the thing few. is, listeners, she won't even tell me when we don't record, which I think is really unfair. Yeah, not professional. About the confidentiality. <laughs> anyway, 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 we have got an amazing guest this week. Um, Alex Manzi, who is, well, do you know what? I'm going to let Alex tell you all about what Alex does because he's pretty special. Hi, Alex. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I am, as you said, Alex Manzi. I'm a podcaster. I've been podcasting for coming up to four years now uh, through my podcast, In the Moment with Alex Manzi, which is the second incarnation of the podcast. It started out as being called Dreamer's Disease. I changed the name last year because it felt more in tune with what I was doing. Um, and I'm also a coach, so uh, I basically help people just live a more fulfilling and happier life. That's pretty cool. So tell us more about that. You, Where did that all come from? Where did you suddenly decide to help people? Um, I mean, when I think back, so I, I, like you could ask me this question again in like two weeks, and my answer would probably be different. But <laughs> when I think back, <laughs> um, I've I've always been someone who likes to help in in some way like I've always I, I I like to think I'm a bit of a giver in terms of like my time and my energy so if you know if a friend was like you know trying to work on some sort of project or event and they they had to go to like five different places on the way to the venue to pick up this thing and pick up that thing I'd be like well look, I've got to come from this direction I'm happy to pick up a couple of the things on the way like I'm always kind of willing to offer some kind of help or like I've always done lots of like uh, community work like I coached a kids football team for I think it was nine years eight nine years um, well, which is all like like <laughs> yeah. yeah tell me about football it moms. we're football moms yeah. so yeah it's just not it's not an easy ride that if it's easy when they're like seven and eight when they get to 14 15 it's it's a little bit harder right, uh, a bit more challenging up until then isn't it yeah yeah you it's you with. lot it's you lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry i am that parent i'm the gobby one on the sidelines <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> why is my son not playing but it's like um so i've always i've always done stuff like that i've always tried to get involved in stuff in the community like i helped out like i come from like the italian community in london so there's quite a big strong community and and every i think it's every two years there's like a sort of it's called the italian olympics so it's like a 
literally a mini Olympics for people in, in in the Italian community in London. But obviously that branches out. Like if you've got friends who want to do it and they're not Italian, it's not like a strict rule that you have to be Italian. Um, it's just, it was based around that community. So I've always like, helped out. I took part as a kid. And as I got older and I was too old, once you get over 21, you can't compete in it anymore. So I would help out every couple of years, like be one of the officials in a way. So like, I've, always, I've always like giving with my time and stuff. Um, but then in terms of like coaching and podcasting and stuff, I think a lot of it just came through my own struggles. Like, to be honest, like when I was mid twenties, I was really unhappy and depressed, um, you know, suicidal at times. Um, and I just, you know, turned my life around in, in a way that, you know, just made a really powerful commitment to myself that I was going to make a change in my life because I didn't want to live how I was living any longer because it's, um, torturous to say the least and I wanted to I wanted to shift that and, and make a change for myself and make something of it and as I've kind of just gone on the journey I've just been wanting to share what I've learned along the way and, and help people on their journeys and I've seen you know people looking at things from a neg- negative perspective but I'm like yeah but hold on like what's the positive on the you know what's the positive spin you can put on there? there's always a positive in, in any situation and you know, even when I look back at like when I was working full time, I used to work at the BBC doing social media. I was always willing to be the person who would, you know, go and sit with the new interns and like, have a chat with them and try and, you know, put an arm around them if they needed help around the project or offer help at least. So I think it's just like, I'm, I, I don't know what the personality. You're a good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> try to be, can, try to be. Can I ask, was there um, a particular instance or point that triggered you to try and turn things around or were you just very aware that you couldn't continue on like this and it was a build-up or was there something in particular that made you think whoa actually we need to make a change here yeah there was it was a very distinct moment for me it was it, it was that sort of eight nine year I lose track of when exactly it was but it was about eight nine years ago now and I remember I was with my girlfriend at the time um, we're no longer together but it was my girlfriend at the time and um, we were sort of in her bedroom like having like a you know like a tiff it was I don't even know if it was an argument I don't even know what we were arguing about it was just like a you know relationship tiff right <laughs> and she it's so it's such a distinct picture in my mind it's this it's so like the image is so sharp and it's like she was sat at her uh, dressing counter you know makeup counter I was sat on the bed and we were having this you know back and forth and at one point she just turned around to me and she was like, why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you saying anything? And I was just looking at her as if to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've like just been having like a back and forth for like, I don't know, at least half an hour. Like, what do you mean? Why am I saying anything? And something happened in that moment. It was like, it sounds really cheesy to say it, but it's, it's literally like time froze and it's going to sound a bit woo woo or whatever to some people. right? <laughs> Go but for it. Yeah, no, but it's like, this is genuinely the experience. Yeah. And, and the more I reflect on it, the more it like, maybe I've warped the memory of it a little bit, but this is how it felt to me at the time. It was like time froze. And I sort of looked at myself in a way and I could see what had happened in that past half an hour was that she was, we were having the argument, but she was the active one in the argument and everything she was saying that I thought I was responding to, I was just saying to myself in my head, thinking that I was engaging in the conversation, not realizing that I actually wasn't. And what actually was happening was I was just sat on the bed looking down at the floor, being caught up in my own thoughts. And in that that same moment that I realized that, I had like this, I don't know what you want to call it, like epiphany. awakening for what, yeah, epiphany for want of a better word, right? Where I kind of realized that I 
my whole life had been based around just being not engaged in what's actually happening around me being too caught up in my thoughts I didn't even realize at that point I was unhappy in life <laughs> like I realized that I was very unhappy very desperate very depressed that I'd been having suicidal thoughts like all of this stuff that had been happening over the previous you know call it seven six years just seemed normal to me it just seemed like normal life it just it just it, it wasn't any I, I didn't know anything else right but something happened where I was like actually I never used to be like this that were like, this is happening to me. Like, why is this happening to me? And something happened inside me where I was like, I can't go on like this anymore. Like, I want to change. And what happened in, in this is all happening in my mind in like a flash, right? But what then happened in real life, you know, for want of a better term, was I just looked up at my girlfriend and all I could say was like, I just don't feel like myself. And I just burst into tears. And then her energy shifted to like being angry at me <laughs> to being like, oh, what's the matter? <laughs> so I kind of saved myself in a little way, but she was like, what's the matter? And the only, the only words that I could get out, I couldn't say anything else. I couldn't describe it. I didn't know how to say what I was feeling other than I don't feel like myself. And I, 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 I was just lying on the bed crying for like 10 minutes. And that's all I could say, maybe three or four times. Anything else I couldn't, it was like, you know when you kind of have like a snow globe and you like shake the whole thing up and there's like snow everywhere like everything's just a bit like all jumbled and yeah. it's not until like the snow settles that you can actually see the lovely little you know building or whatever's inside it was like I was in the shook up snow globe like I just shook, shook my whole snow globe up and it was like I don't know I don't know what to I don't know what to say about this I don't know how to describe it and the only thing I could say was I just don't feel like myself and it, that was the moment that kind of set me yeah, it was. It was really, it was really. And I don't, I don't want people as well to think like, oh, well, we had this moment and we had this like awakening, you know, because you hear people talking about it and it's like he t turned his life around in an instant. And like part of me is like, yeah, of course, that, that's true. Like if you can make a commitment to yourself, which is kind of what I did on that day, was like my commitment was like to change and turn my life around in some way or the other. But it took like, it took me like a year and a half of like really getting to grips with like, where I was at in my life and what was going on in my life until I started to feel like a lot more, I wouldn't say upbeat, but a lot more like me again, if that makes sense. That I really, really empathise with that, actually. I think um, I've spoken to a lot of people. Um, your snow globe moment is a little bit like, I always say that I felt like I had a magic eight ball in my head and, mm. you know, when you shake it and that, mm -hmm. that. So I really, I really empathise with that and I think a lot of people will do because I think you do, like you say you don't realize until it becomes it sort of starts crashing down around you until then you're just going on going on going through the motions probably suppressing your feelings which you were clearly doing so much so that you didn't even realize you weren't speaking out loud anymore yeah. Yeah. um and then it just like you say it shook up and came crashing down but um like you say it was a massive commitment though to turn yourself around because it can go either way I think um, did you have counselling or um, obviously you're a coach or did you find a coach or um, so it's a good question because my girlfriend at the time her mum was actually a therapist so our first port of call was to after I'd kind of got over my tears and not been able to talk was to she went downstairs to speak to her mum and just said look Alex has just this has just happened upstairs like can like he come and talk to you so I went downstairs, sat in the front room with her mum with a cup of tea. And again, I was trying to explain something that I didn't, I couldn't put into words. I was trying to give her 
as much as what I was feeling. And I, I can't even remember the conversation. It's such a blur, that moment. Considering like the mo- like 10 minutes earlier is so clear in my mind, that moment is such a blur. And all I remember was her saying to me, well, look, I can refer you. Obviously, she couldn't work with me because of close family ties or however you want to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I can refer you to a colleague of mine who who might be able to help. So I phoned up this colleague, booked in a, a couple of sessions and I went to like maybe four or five. I didn't tell anyone, I didn't tell my friends, didn't tell my family. It was only my girlfriend and her mom who knew. I went to like four or five sessions and I just wasn't feeling it. I just really wasn't. And this is, I'm not, I don't want this to sound like I'm having a dig at therapy. Like I, I think therapy is very beneficial for a lot of people. I think everyone should have some form of therapy or coaching, right? But for me at that moment, it just didn't feel like it was what I needed. I didn't need to be looking back into my past and figuring out why I had got to the point I was at. I wanted to look forward and see what were the possibilities in the future that I could create. And I feel like therapy wasn't giving me that. It was like, we were talking about like football injuries that I had like five years ago and how it's, you know, and I was just like, I just, and I just felt like the therapist wasn't getting what I was coming from. So um, after that, I just said to my, I had a look at my life and thought like, well, what can I do differently? And that's, that's when I started to get into like podcasts and, you know, watching inspirational videos on, you know, you, like all, all the classics that you go to first, like the Tony Robbins and the Gary V's and all these sort of people that, you know, with motivational content, like taking in a lot more of their content, listening to inspirational podcasts. Um, and I kind of just, in a way, coached myself through other people's content, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I haven't, haven't looked back really. This is why I think podcasts are amazing because I think they're great for people who don't feel they want to reach out and get therapy or they don't want to talk to somebody or they could be struggling at home and not want to talk to their nearest and dearest but if they listen to a podcast or they watch these things on social media that it can kind of trigger something thinking hold on that's how I feel I don't Mm -hmm. I'm great I'm glad that I don't feel alone in this and I think that's what Amy and I have only had our podcast going for two weeks and already we've got parents and you know other people saying oh my god you talk sense this is like how (laughs) we feel too we don't have the answers we get people on to give the answers we share how we feel because it makes other people realize that you're absolutely not alone yeah, there's there's a relatability in that, isn't there? There's like a relatability in being vulnerable with how you're feeling and what you're going through. And I think that's kind of the power in podcasts. And that, again, that's part of why I wanted to come on here with you guys, because I was like, look, if I can share my story and have a great conversation with you and one person can take something from it and feel a bit uplifted, then like for me, that's job done for all of us, you know? And it's like, that's that's why I started my own podcast is because I'd, I'd consumed all of this content. I'd read the books, I'd listened to the podcasts, I'd watched the YouTube videos. And I was like, all of this stuff that I'm taking in is from like American voices. Again, nothing against the Americans, but it's like, when you're coming from the UK, you kind of want to hear UK voices and relate to it, right? And it's like, I was very much at that point in my life in like the UK music scene. So like... I wasn't listening to loads of American music. I was listening to a lot of UK voices in music. And then when I looked at what I was listening to and consuming through books and podcasts, I was like, it's all, it's all Americans. I was like, where's the UK? Like, where's the UK voice in this? Like, who's the, who's the go-to guy or girl like for this? And I couldn't really find anyone that was, you know, popping off in that way in the kind of worlds I wanted to hear. You know, I wanted to hear the stories of, 
the artists that I was listening to and, and in some respects working with. I wanted to hear the stories of the UK, you know, business people that I looked up to, you know, even if it was like peers or like, you know, mentors or colleagues. And I couldn't, I couldn't find it. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to start a podcast and I'm just going to, I'm going to speak to the people that I find inspiring and just ask them questions about how they got to do what they do and why they do it and what makes them happy about it. And just kind of, kind of like snowballed from there. And look how well you're doing. Your podcast you. is in the top three, isn't it? In Is it in wellness? Yeah, it peaked, it peaked at the top five in the health and, I don't know what it's called now on Apple, wow. they keep changing the name of it, but like the health and wellness chart. That's not easy to do. That's not easy no, to do. Well no, it was, it was, I was shocked. Like it was, I mean, now I'm like not as high as that, unfortunately, but like to, to even have been in there, like is when I've still got a screenshot somewhere and some of the names that I was up against was like, you know, huge podcasts at the time, like the minimalists and like just podcasts that to me was like, you know, almost like pedestal material, you know, and it's like, and I'm looking at this chart, like, oh, wow. Like there's my like really crap, like artwork that I've made on, <laughs> you know, with my limited knowledge of Photoshop that I've made. And it's like in that chart. And I was just like sitting there like, this is crazy. So yeah, it's like, so it just, again, I think it's hugely yeah hugely I was like what the heck am I doing there but this is amazing at the same time and it's like you know again it just comes down to 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 be willing to to talk and share stuff you know and it's like and and hear other people's experiences there's so much power and and um like relatability in that I think that the relatability is a really important fact and I think it's becoming more and more important because I think I talk about this a lot. Um, authenticity is becoming um, harder to spot because social media and podcasts are a lot slicker and a lot more staged. And I'm finding myself more and more drawn to the smaller groups of people or the people who maybe don't have the best microphones, not talking about me, but um, don't have the best microphones or don't have the best backdrop in their photos because I find it a that what they have to say is probably more important and more honest. Do you find that rather than listening to them? Um, there's some really big podcasts that I really very much enjoy, but I don't listen to them and think that they impact me. Whereas mm. the smaller ones, um, and I'm not calling yourself smaller, but what you've said feels more like um, you practice what you preach. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I, th I think you're right. I think, you know, there is an element of, okay, let, let's take as an example, right? Um, let's take Fern Cotton's Happy Place podcast, right? You think That's Fern Cotton, yeah, she's talking to like Russell Brand and like all of these names who are like household names. It's like, yes, there's some relatability in that for me. However, they live a totally different life to me. <laughs> You know, like exactly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you now from like the loft room in my parents' house. Like that's how different my life is to Fern Cotton's and she's probably not that much older than me. So it's like there, there, there is a relatability in what they're talking about. And I love those conversations, especially when they're so in-depth and they're raw. And I've heard some amazing ones that she's had. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, knocking her podcast at all. I think it's an amazing that someone of her stature wants to create that platform. But when you find someone who you can really relate to, who just feels like a normal person with a normal voice, doing normal things, you know, in a normal day-to-day -day life, it's like, okay, wow, like I, can really, I can really see how those lessons and those learnings are a lot more relatable to my life. And I think that's one of the things that really actually hit me early on 
with my podcast was like I I start I got to a point I, I mean I'm you know still fairly there with like having you know well-known guests in one way or the other in or respected in their fields or whatever and I remember having a conversation with like one of my good friends he was like yeah it's really great that you know you speak to like this DJ and that you know podcaster or that YouTuber who's like but how does that relate to my life? Like, I'm, you know, I want to know what like the person with, with three kids and, you know, having to work two jobs is, is feeling and going through, like, you should think about incorporating that somehow in your, in your uh, conversation. So I was like, Oh wow, that really hits me. Like, that's really true. That's so, that's so raw. Like that's, that's a different story altogether. Right. So I was like, wow, how can I do that? So I just, I started to take more of a, a curiosity approach to the podcast. Like I stopped writing. I mean, I still prepare and write questions and stuff, but I stopped having that notebook of questions in front of me, which were like the questions I wanted to go through. I started just being really curious with the person because if they said something about, you know, we're talking about, you know, I don't know, talk building a business. And then all of a sudden they say, Oh yeah, like I've got my kids at home. I'd be like, so tell me about that. Like with the kids, how, how is your relationship with them? Or, you know, you just dive into the more personal stuff because it makes, okay. Using Fern Cotton as an example, like it's Fern Cotton, it's a big name, but she still lives a pretty relatable life. She still has family. I think she's got kids, isn't she? She's got kids. So it's like, she, you can still relate to the really personal side to their stories. So it's like, for me, the magic has been trying to find those really human relatable moments in every conversation. Definitely think we've had the same uh, kind of feedback is that they like to hear other parents are really struggling too it's so that you don't feel like a failure especially through mm-hmm. lockdown it has been hell it has I think you know it, you can kind of sparkle it up as much as you like I think most of us as parents started out lockdown last year as Mary Poppins and now we're all a bit more Miss Trunchbull you know we are <laughs> it's hard it's hard going and I think you can stay positive and you do try and be positive and I'm I am quite a positive person I think sometimes I get told I'm a bit too positive or you know um but you know I'm at that point now where I'm tired and I think a lot of people are tired and a lot of people have stopped talking a lot of people have stopped communicating because they're bored with it and they're tired mm. with it and I think that's why podcasts like yours are I think really important because it's giving people that um that listen to what they need mm-hmm. you know saying hey I get what you're going through because I feel exactly the same and that's normal and that's okay to feel that way yeah yeah so, so I'm interested there Fee you said like people say that you're too positive sometimes like how how do you like react to that like what's what what comes up for you when someone says that to you because I get it all the time as well I feel like a fraud when people say that almost like they don't believe me or that I'm lying about being happy but mm. I don't know if that I mean I have started to share more of the negative stuff and that, that this podcast for me is a massive thing because um in my line of work I'm parenting advisor so I work you know and I do lots of BBC stuff and I do you know I write books and that's all about the professional side so that's giving people advice on everything you know from sleep to weaning and potty training and that's not sharing me that's sharing my qualifications and my experience (laughs) and so my Instagram my socials has always had a little bit of my family on but I kind of protect the kids in a way you know I only ask them when they want to come on I don't really share 
how I'm feeling very much. But Amy <laughs> has got me opening up <laughs> about, you know, it's not amazing all the time. And, you know, so a lot of the people who follow me say, oh, my God, you were really honest in that podcast. It's so good to hear you be honest. But at the same time, I worry that then that positivity is disappearing a bit. This is kind of a balance, isn't it? But I do, I do get upset when people, maybe sometimes people post and say, oh, you know, I'm fed up of seeing all the positive posts. Oh, I'm fed up of seeing or hearing all the positive comments. And I kind of go, oh, really? I like it. I like to see positivity. I think it kind of, I like seeing honesty, but I really like seeing positivity because I think that's how, me personally, how I thrive and keep going is to see other people feeling like, come on, you know, not mm. a fake smile, but, you know, things are going to get better. Things will get better. Let's look forward, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that that is something that... um people seem to forget that everyone deals with things differently. You're a very positive person and you do always look on the, the bright side and the silver lining. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being a bit grumpy. I tend to use slightly dry humour um, at my children's expense <laughs> to, to keep myself going. And there's nothing wrong with that either, as long as it's obviously not harmful to, to the children. But I do think people who past comments like that perhaps forget that just because you can't you prefer to maybe not as in you but they prefer to be a bit more realistic they say or um I don't want to say pessimistic or negative because everyone but I think the key is everyone deals with it differently and they should you should be allowed to deal with it in your own way without um there's a phrase at the moment which is toxic positivity um yeah. And I, I, I empathise in some ways because I think I fell into the trap um, when my mum died and when she had cancer. Of um, I always say it's it's like a Ross voice from friends where I'm fine, I'm fine, when I'm clearly not. Um, and I did fall into the trap of convincing myself everything was positive when actually everything was clearly not. And it took... Um, things falling down down around me for me to pick myself up and say actually okay I'm not fine this isn't fine but I do think there is nothing wrong with saying you know brighter days will come and I think it's a it's a sad day when that's considered a negative yeah yeah I think just on the on the toxic positivity thing I've been like reflecting on this quite a lot because being someone who people always refer to as positive (laughs) Or, or like overly positive or full of positivity or whatever. Like I, I've started to think like, what what is toxic positivity? Because like to me, like can positivity be toxic? I'm like, is that like, is that a thing? Like to me, like in my mind, it doesn't make sense. Because I'm like, how can seeing the good in things be toxic? But then the more I look at it, I'm like, actually, it's not about seeing the good in things. It's about that Ross thing that you were saying, saying I'm fine when you're not that's toxic positivity or like you know everything's fine or um you know cheer up like it's going to be all right like that that's kind of toxic positivity because you're you're not hearing someone out or hearing yourself out in a way that allows you to understand what you're feeling or what the other person is feeling and it's just like a a shut-off point right it's a very british thing isn't it is that how you doing yeah i'm all right yeah (laughs) yeah I'm good yeah and really it's like you're not you're crumbling and it's like 
that's that's kind of toxic positivity is that it's the not wanting to burden someone with your own personal doom and gloom right but i think positivity in general like being able to see the positive in a negative situation is it's a great thing like i don't see why we should think now that positivity or being positive is a bad is a negative like it shouldn't be like there's there's a in any situation there is something bad to take from it and something good to take from it right and it's like you can look at i don't know look at nature right look at winter winter is like when all the plants die and all the, all the crops die but it's because it's making room for new crops to grow in the summer and it's like there's a positive in the negative and it's like it's the same with with anything and i think when you're able to start to understand what both are what the positive is what the negative is and see both of them for what they are that then helps you know inform how you approach the ongoing situation you know look, look at lockdown it's like it's not ideal in any means right for anyone but what are the positives in it you know the positives in it for a lot of people spending more time with their families you know spending more time at home less time traveling for people who traveled a lot with work you know it's just, there's so many positives that we're not even now we're not able to see because we're almost too sick of the positives we it's like we want the bad stuff back it's like i want i want the commute to work back i want the kids to go back to school so i don't have to spend so much time with them i want we want the bad stuff back because we're too sick of the good stuff and it's like start to see actually remind yourself what are the what are the things to be grateful for what are the things you know even i was listening to a podcast with um simon Sinek and brene brown and he said something along the lines of one of the best things that's happened for him during this you know 10 12 months is the fact that he's got to sit down every night and have dinner with his kids and i was like i mean if that's not what you know being positive and, and seeing the good in the bad is is all about i don't know what it is you know i, I agree it's massive for us too yeah my husband yeah. needs to not get home until kind of 7 seven thirty. so the kids had already had their dinner by then then they're off to bed the minute he gets in so he has had a year of really getting to I mean of course he knows them they're his children but to spend the time doing the mundane stuff and I think yeah. doing the mundane stuff you get to know your kids better rather than just the mm. happy weekends you know the weekends are free of homework and, and you know the mundane stuff so when you see your kids every day you know 24 7 you really get to know I've got to know them even more because they're not at school all the time you know it's uh yeah I totally agree with what he's saying just having meals together is a massive thing I, I agree. I think you've actually hit the nail on the head. I think it's, I suppose, toxic positivity is also almost a different name for um, the gl glass is half full and the glass is half empty personality that um, seems to be the sweeping statement that you have to be one or another. Mm. And I think, I wonder if sometimes it stems from the, the problem with social media sometimes is they tell you, it may sometimes tell you how you should feel rather than as, as a cover up for how they feel. If, if that makes sense I'm always very honest and that this is how I'm feeling and I know that you might not feel the same way but maybe some people feel that the people who are bursting out on their screen saying this is good this is positive perhaps they're it, it misconstruing the fact that it, they're saying well this is how you should feel you should be pleased that you're spending more time with your kids or you should be pleased that you're not traveling for work and um, I don't think people when they're already been told to stay at home probably don't like to, should be told how mm -hmm. to feel either yeah. which um, I think is perhaps just the volatile um, side effects of a pandemic. Um, I have a question that slightly pushes us off but I'm quite interested so Selfish the podcast is um, 
we, we quote it as finding me time when there's no time. Um, you did a brilliant podcast about saying that self-care isn't selfish. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really interested because you talked earlier on and it really struck with me about how you like to help people, how you've always been the person to put yourself forward and put yourself out, which is, um, again, something that resonates. Do you um, find time to put yourself first or have you always found time to do that? Or is that something, again, that's just come on over the last few years as you've come to understand how you were feeling and why? It's a great question. Thank you. Um, I think like it's, it's, yeah, like what you were saying towards the end there, it's like more in the last few years that I've started to give more time to myself, right? And, and spend more time with myself, be that, you know, a morning routine of, you know, exercise or stretching and meditation and reading and, you know, just having like me time without, that I don't check my phone till like gone 10 o'clock. Because I want that time for myself. I want that time to process my thoughts, my, you know, what's going on for me, how I'm feeling physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, but I think like, I think it's super important that we all do that, right? And a classic example is the past, not this weekend, just gone as of recording, but the one before was like Valentine's. And it's like within the space of four days, I had my girlfriend's birthday, Valentine's, and my mum's 60th. So spending a lot of time around other people when, you know, right now we're not really used to it. And as someone who's quite introverted, like that's a lot of energy for me. And come, come Monday, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. And I was like, I didn't know why. I was like, I haven't really done anything. But it was, it was the time that I'd spent and the energy I'd spent giving to other people really exhausted me. And when I say self-care isn't selfish, because if I was being selfish in that instance... I would have, if I wasn't being selfish, sorry, in that instance, I would have just carried on my week as, as, as normal, right? And, and I would have been exhausted right through to Friday. And then weekend, I probably would have crashed out. But I said to myself, actually, do you know what? Monday, I'm knackered. Looked at my calendars. I haven't got anything to do this afternoon. It's urgent. Let me just give myself the afternoon off. Let me just chill. Let me put some Netflix on or watch Match of the Day on repeat or I don't know, do something like read, do, you know, play PlayStation, do something that isn't work related just to give myself that time to recharge. And I woke up Tuesday and I was still tired. So I did the same on Tuesday. I was like, just give myself the day off. Like, and I know I'm very blessed that I, I'm able to do that because I work for myself and I'm not suggesting that's the go-to answer, but I'm saying being able to look at myself in that way and be like, actually, I need to give myself time some solitude for myself so that I can recharge and replenish my energy so that then I can be good for everyone because if I spent the rest of the week feeling knackered I definitely would have felt short you know being short with my girlfriend I would have been short with my family I would have been short you know I would have with my friends I would have been agitated that's not me being a good version of me so it was more about actually let me just like take care of myself and I think what I've come to realize is that the self-care and self-love however you want to call it being selfish just being kind to yourself and it's like that's all it is it's not it doesn't have to be this big act of like oh i'm gonna take myself on a spa weekend and <laughs> oh i'm gonna turn my phone off for the whole weekend or not, not <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> or, or you know like not check my emails all weekend or i'm just gonna spend time with the kids yeah they're, they're great things to do and they serve a purpose but self-love is actually just being kind to yourself like be a lot kinder with how you're feeling if you are feeling a bit low and a bit down be kind to yourself about it. Don't beat yourself up about it. I didn't beat myself up last week because I was feeling exhausted. I just said, you know what? Let's just take some time to chill then. Like, it's fine if I'm exhausted. It's understandable, if anything. 
And I think that's that's the key that I've really realized the last few months is like self-love is about and self-care is about just being kinder to yourself. Treat yourself like you would treat, you know, a friend or, or, or one of your kids. To listen to part two, join us next week on Self-ish. I need a little time for me to just be free of the daily